Welcome to Lockbox, a podcast providing real estate professionals with action items for success. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm going to be your host. I'm the founder of two real estate marketing and tech companies, Steezy.Digital and RealNurture.io. In this podcast, you'll learn from top 1% real estate and mortgage brokers the exact secrets to their success. Welcome to Lockbox. Welcome. I am Jeff Broger, and I am here today with Michael Vervana. Thank you for being here. Hey, thank you for having me. This is great. Absolutely. So why don't you tell our listeners who you are and where you're from? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, my name's uh, well, as you said, Michael Ravenna. I work for a company called uh, Planetar, which we are the makers of iGuide. So it's a a three D capture mapping technology that maps out homes, gives you floor plans, room measurements, and all all the information that you need to list a property. Uh, just to give you a little bit of background on myself, I've been working in this industry for the last four years. Uh, previous to that, I was in consumer packaged goods, doing marketing, sales, product development. And I got into, you know, consulting with small businesses when I left that world, small to medium-sized businesses and helping them with their sales and marketing and leveraging my network to uh, help them just really grow their sales and got connected with iGuide and been here for, again, I get the last four years, really helping them to drive their business and grow our platform across Canada, North America, the US and worldwide. So uh, it's been fun. Yeah. Yeah. And what got you into the real estate industry? Do you have any type of background in real estate prior to entering it four years ago? Yeah. I mean, working as a consultant, I did do that for a few years and, and that's how I got into this, but that was probably my second stint into the world of real estate. My uh, Both parents are in the real estate. My mom was an agent and my dad's been a broker for 50 years. And so when I was uh, 18, Ended up working for him for between high school and and university and got my license when I was 18. Really wasn't sure what I was doing, but it was fun. It was a great experience really to understand the industry. And now that I'm back in it, reflecting back on uh, that history, it it really demonstrated the challenges and the the competitiveness of this industry. So it's uh, it's just interesting to be back into it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that early experience has probably paid dividends as you then became a consultant and then now you're with iGuide. And, you know, yeah. that just having done a real estate transaction, having you know gotten your license and gone through that process, even though it was a while ago, all of that experience accumulates and adds up. And then you're able to offer insights based on your other experience after that to kind of bring it all full circle, I would imagine. Does that sound right? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I guess, growing up in terms of sales and marketing over the years, you start to see, or you're able to better connect the dots in terms of how everything works together. And, you know, it's been dynamic in how fast the marketing has changed. I mean, the fundamentals of sales and marketing are the same, but the processes and the tactics are, you know, have changed quite a bit and it's pretty exciting. And that's why uh, I love this space is because it's very dynamic. I don't think you know, the real estate professional industry gets enough credit for how willing they are to try and adapt, you know, not only new technology, but new approaches and to put themselves out there to really market themselves. It's a, it's really an interesting bandwidth of, of people from, you know, one spectrum to the next that are willing to try and experiment. Yeah, that's true. I mean, a lot of agents are, are no, almost notorious for chasing a shiny new object, but 
in that process, you're still discovering, you're open to learning, you know, you're trying new things, you're seeing what sticks. And that is true that a lot of agents and brokers out there are willing to give something a shot, uh, even though they're bombarded with so many things on a daily basis of, you know, hey, purchase this, buy this, do this, because they're at the center of a massive life event transaction. So, yeah. you know, with that being said, it's it's sometimes difficult for them, I think, to decipher what to say no to, what to say yes to. So, you know, when it comes to iGUIDE, it seems like from my outside perspective that it's one-time purchase that you can then use throughout, you know, your business as a real estate agent and it creates like top view maps of homes when you're about to list them. And I'm sure that there's many more. I'm sure I, I butchered the description. So I want to let you kind of describe what it is to you. But that's that's my outside perspective of it, which is really cool because I know that a lot of brokerages, they have overhead every month for videographers and for this and for that. And Matterport and 3D technology has become so much more important now, especially post-COVID or you know during COVID when there's out-of-state buyers or there's people local that don't want to show up to an open house, but they want to be able to go online and kind of virtually view the home, right? It's almost become a new standard to have that type of technology uh, implemented for every listing. And so what is iGUIDE? Go ahead and, you know, take a couple minutes, describe it. And, uh, you know, why would a broker be interested in, in implementing something like this in their business? Absolutely. I think you hit, you hit a couple of key points there. Uh, maybe before I jump into iGUIDE, it, it just sure. kind of what's happening in the industry. I know that when we started, so we started out of Kitchener-Waterloo area in Canada and quite quickly uh, have done well across Canada in terms of uh, growing adoption of, you know, a lot of top agents using our technology to market and sell a home. And I think the biggest point for it is, is that it's providing the information for buyers to really understand that property to see if they're if that's of interest to them, if it's going to work for them and their family, uh, and just being a better qualified lead. What the industry, you know, you've seen in the movement just prior to COVID, there was this big push. And coming from the consumer packaged goods world, never heard this industry as a whole talk about, and I'll use the term consumer, that often it was the technology or the a lot of it was speaking to the industry as a whole. But quite quickly, Amazon came into the industry, Zillow, you know, moved from being a disruptor to the incumbent. And you know, why did they do that? Is because they were putting the information that consumers wanted to see online. They were catering to the consumer as a whole and providing better information. And when you go to these search portals and you're looking for a home, you get tremendous information about that area, that neighborhood, really understanding, you know, what's the walk score? What's the schools look like? You know, I know that I want this area. And then all of a sudden you zoom into trying to determine if a property is right for, you know, right for you. And it's kind of a mixed bag of what you get. You have a million dollar home with two pictures on it, or you have, you know, like, you know, another property that has all this great information and you're intrigued and interested and you want to go look at it. And you're more interested in, you know, discovering more about that property. Well, I mean, that's what we've been doing as a company. We've been empowering really uh, people to make informed decisions about, about their space, if it's in the commercial world or if it's in the residential real estate world, and you know, we'll stay on that residential real estate because that's where we're primarily working in, is you know we're giving a tool to an agent to better sell and market at home. And that's really providing a lot of value to the home seller in terms of agent doing its best, their best to provide that information forward. 
And why is it good information? It really, the eye guide is a, it's a 3D walkthrough, but it is also an iframe, like a YouTube video, which encapsulates everything you would have in a, you know, and I guess a single property website. So you have all the key information buyers are looking for when they're shopping for a home online. And that's the big thing is that they can really dive deep into that property. They spend more time in understanding if that property works for them. And it provides the, the biggest things that they want to see. You know, you look at these beautiful real estate photos uh, and that does capture people's attention because, you know, my wife and I are constantly looking for a home. We live in Toronto. It's impossible to find a, a home that's ideal. And when they look around the home and if the photos aren't great, my wife's not even interested in looking at the property, but I'm like, no, right. but the bones are good. Let's go. Let's look at it. But she's not interested. So that grabs your attention, but really to understand you know, those photos are sometimes deceiving what the sizes of the rooms are. How does that home fit and flow? You know, it's adding things like the accurate and detailed information about the property. And that's room sizes, area calculations of the home that's tied to the value of the home. And floor plans in Zillow rates, floor plans is number two, what consumers want to see, because it then understands how that home fits and flows for me. Is it going to work for me and my family? You know, is my baby's room close to my bedroom? Is my teenager's room far from my bedroom, right? And so, you know, that it provides that information and, and people spend more time on the listing or more likely to reach out to agents and talk about those properties. And they're going to be better qualified buyers at the end of the day. So iGuide really encapsulates all that information you're seeing. Sorry that I can't demo one here for you. No, that's all right. But that makes total sense. And I do resonate with the fact that consumers want to see floor plans. Yeah. So not just a, a 3D Matterport, but the next step of an actual floor plan with dimensions, with, you know, feet and inches of every room, like they want to see how it flows, how big each room is, and start to visually think about, you know, how that property makes sense outside of just the photos. As you mentioned, photos, videos, that can attract attention. But then to get them to, you know, interact and, and spend a lot of time on this listing and make that decision to go see it. You know, they, they want to see additional information, which iGUIDE seems to be providing, which is great. Yeah. And, well, and you can deliver Zillow. all that content together. <laughs> it's, yeah. And it's it's off Zillow. It's it, right. It's that's another benefit, I would say, is that is this hosted on behalf of the agent? Like they get their own kind of like iGUIDE login or like a, you know, a one page website for the listing. Like, how does that work? So, yes, I guess how we work are we have a camera system that quickly maps out spaces using a LIDAR or laser. <laughs> That data is uploaded to our team here in Kitchener, where we draft out those properties. We follow a methodology of measurement. So what you're getting back is not only, you know, all these great marketing assets, but you're getting accurate and detailed information about that home. And we're following a method of measurement. So, you know, we do studies where we're comparing our data versus tax data. And quite often, previous listing data, previous tax data or tax data on the square footage of the home is inaccurate. And so, you know, when you're providing information to consumers, if you're buying a, a property and 90% of homes that are sold are, are used properties, you know, are you providing good information about that property? So, you know, if I sold you a used car and you asked me, you know, how many, how many miles are on that car? And I said, well, somewhere between 60 and 80,000 miles, you know, you would kind of question, well, why am I buying a car from you? You know, what, what is the actual data that you're providing? And so that's a big part of the services that we're providing is we're following a methodology of measurement. We're providing those accurate numbers. And 
Yes. In terms of a marketing tool, you encapsulate all that great info that you, you want. Um, you, the agent puts that link into the MLS and it will populate on Zillow right underneath the top picture uh, with the 3D tour link. And then it'll have your video, your photos, all that information that you want. So it's, it's it. a great marketing tool. But, you Got know, it. so it, yeah. it's uploaded in the MLS and it does go to Zillow, but it enhances their listing. Yeah. So, yeah. So and really how we go to market is a lot of agents will use real estate photographers or marketing companies uh, that use our services and then they will deliver that content via the iGuy. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. And this seems like a, a pretty futuristic, you know, cutting edge type of technology where you're giving the consumer what they want and, you know, the future is now. So I don't say that as, you know, a delay to, to get something like this for the brokers out there. But the, the point is that consumers want information now. They're used to finding it online. They've been trained that way. They've voted that this is what they want based on their engagement on platforms like Zillow and Redfin, the ones that we are constantly as, as agents and brokers fighting nowadays for the eyeballs, right? Absolutely. The consumer has said, I want this, which is instantaneous data that is accurate and making decisions on my own prior to showing up. And this is not only on the buy side, but also on, on the listing side, the sell side, how much is my home really worth, right? And so on the purchase side, you know, the consumers using this type of system would be able to much more accurately find out that data and make those decisions sitting at home, you know, with a couple before planning out that weekend of open houses or the things that they're going to. So I think it's a no brainer. Makes sense to me. I'm curious what you think the next five to 10 years look like for the industry, right? What are your projections on where the industry is heading? Good question. Um, if I knew the future, it'd be, uh, I'd be a, probably a, a richer man. But I think, you know, truthfully, what I've seen in the industry just in the last few years, even prior to COVID, there is this adoption of, of using better marketing and being able to use that marketing to show value to your clients. And I think that's just going to continue to grow. And, and I think all that COVID did was brought an underlying trend to the forefront. And you know, I think the, the peak we saw, the amount of marketing that was used on a property had dramatically increased last year in the last spring, uh, had dropped down. But the new, the new normal is, is much higher than where it was before. And so I think it's just going to continue to be able to, you know, top agents. And that's what, you know, a lot of the top agents that I speak to is that they're trying to bring more professionalism to the brand. They're trying to leverage their relationships with these marketing and real estate photography companies to better, to keep focused on their key, you know, activities, to leverage those partnerships, to provide better information, you know, for the sellers. And I think where it's going is just you're going to continue to see better quality information out there. I think another thing that we talk about often, and we're seeing it in some markets around North America, is stuff uh, is things like measurement data. You know, having accurate measurement data. I think the whole industry wants to smoothen out that whole buying transaction process. And so, if you take where you have all this information up front, where you have a an eye guide with accurate floor plans and measurements of, of a home, and you can go through it and see what the appliances and the state of condition of the home are. Now, you know, can you pass that along to the mortgage broker and they could do a desktop mortgage approval? Can you pass it along to the insurance? And so now how do we smoothen out this whole transaction for this whole buying process? And I think that's 
you know, where I think a lot of the push in the industry is, is trying to make this whole transaction a better and smoother process. Can you use some of the technology that's already being out there to make that transaction easier? And I think that's where I would say things are starting to go. You know, the AVMs for, you know, Zillow on the Zestimate or, you know, other companies that are using that, they're using data, you know, and then there's there's a number of factors that go into the value of home. Sure, location, state and condition, lot size. But one of the big factors is the size of the home. And so that, you know, getting putting in bad data and getting bad data out or putting in good data and getting good data out, I think is going to be more and more relevant and more important, not only to as we talked about earlier, to the buyers and to the sellers, because they don't want to be shortchanged on either side, but to the companies that are offering up these uh, automated, these AVMs and the valuations on the homes. Right. And this is kind of in line with one of my questions that I, I don't ask all the time, but do you think that the real estate transaction will be 100% automated by 2030? Meaning no agent. Right. That's no, a big fear. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, from my experience, there's so many. I mean, you've seen just, I mean, over the last 20 years or the last 10 years, actually, you know, still one of the top things that people hire an agent for is to help sell and market their home. And that's definitely diminished. But there's so many other aspects to selling a home and helping people through that transaction and that process that is, I think, that the real estate professional brings to the table and the ability to use all these different technologies to help them through that process, um, I think is still invaluable. So you're going to have people who want to, you know, get a cash offer in their house because they're in a market that's not selling fast and they'll, they'll want, they'll want to deal with open door and, and just get that price and they're going to lose you know, value out of their home for that, but for the ease and convenience of it. But there's still on the other side of it, there are people that want to be, you know, like any industry, customer services one, two, helping me through this transaction and process, helping me negotiate, you know, how do I make all these decisions? I have people, just people I've talked to in the last summer that have used an agent that told me in the past that they didn't necessarily see the value in using an agent and they just sold their home so there's two cases that it, just personally, and they used an agent. And I was curious as to why. And they were so stressed out with this home selling and buying process that they were, I had never, one was my neighbor. I had never seen him in this, this state before that you could see he was agitated about this whole process. They had lived in the home there for, I think, 18 years. And it was a stressful process going through this. And I think, you know, the agent helped them through that process. And I think they looked to a professional to help them through the process. There's a lot of decisions to be made. And, and you know, it's the same thing. I could save if I'm going to, you know, I don't know, you know, design, pick out fixtures and in, in design, you know, a new home that I'm building. I can pay a designer to help me narrow down those choices and walk me through that process and say, hey, this works better with this. And it just, it makes life easier. We can stay focused on what we do best and whatever that is, right? Right. So if I'm hearing you correctly, you see a segment of the market will go to those iBuyer platforms. But even long-term, people are going to want the customer service and the agency representation and that the brokers could actually just be using the tools like this to provide them better customer service rather than the tools themselves replacing the broker or the agent. Is that right? Yes. Uh, yeah. Sorry if I wasn't clear on that, but no, yeah, I, I just like to clarify for our listeners. I think you were, yeah. we were very clear. Yeah. I think it's uh there's a lot of value brought there to the table and that's invaluable and it's not always necessarily tangible. So 
I think that's what some of the challenges are for real estate professionals is how do they show the value to their clients, you know, and then things like, you know, we provide analytics on our tours. And so it's just one small thing, but you can go back to show your client that, Hey, this is what I did for you. This is how I marketed your home. This is the process I walked through. And, you know, after that sale, make them feel good about the value that you brought to the table so that that client is your next referral, you know? And I think, you know, these tools are all tools to help the agents do a better job and stay focused on those, those key, those key routines that those activities that help them drive their business, as opposed to, you know, doing the photos themselves and trying to run their, their digital advertising and trying to run all these different aspects of their business. You know, this is why you leverage, well, even companies like, you know, your company, like Steezy, right. You leverage that uh, to, because you're the expert in that field, you're going to get me more bang for my buck. And I'm going to stay focused on following up on those leads and, you know, building relationships with my clients. Same thing with what our providers do is, you know, they're the partner, they're going to come in, they're going to tell you, how to make this home look amazing, how to market that home. And then we just give you the tools to now reshare that, get more people into that home, bolster those analytics, get more people visiting that home so that you can show more value to your clients. And I think, I think there's just a great opportunity out there, I think, for the agent to grow with the industry. Yeah, I agree. And using the right tools to be able to focus on what they do best, which is the actual client conversation the interpersonal communication, you know, this following up, building relationships, you know, that's that's really what the agents, and the brokers should be doing. And I agree with you. Thanks for the the comment on Steezy Digital. You know, that's exactly why we help them with all the digital stuff when it comes to paid advertising, driving traffic. You know, we actually don't create content per se. We, you know, we're not the the media company that goes in and shoots the home. But once mm-hmm. that asset is created, we then use it to drive traffic, generate leads and, you know, sell the home, but also generate more transactions out of it. And if the broker were to try and go learn and implement all the things that we do, it would not be a valuable use of their time. And then that comes right back to, you know, what iGuide's offering. It's like, these are things you can use to leverage your time, offer incredible value to the consumer and still focus on what you do best, right? And, and get a, a massive ROI from it. So that makes total sense. I'm curious, being in the midst of a company at a high level, you know, entrepreneurship is very similar to being a real estate agent, as I'm sure you know, you know, that that one summer, that one transaction, and then, you know, what you do nowadays as a, as a consultant and an entrepreneur, um, there's a lot of similarities there, you know, the kind of like eat what you kill mentality and, you know, a lot of discipline, setting your own schedule, all those things. So I'm curious, what is the single most important action that you take on a daily basis that has attributed most to your success? You know, I think you kind of mentioned one thing at the beginning is, you know, getting distracted by, I guess, squirrels or, or whatever the latest and greatest thing is. Um, I think good routines where you schedule and focus on your, I call leading indicator activities, you know, what's, and I did this when I was consulting, now that I'm full-time with Planetar and, and with the sales team, I'm off my internal sales team. You know, it's focusing on and scheduling in those things that are going to move the needle for you. So, you know, you have those lag indicators that you're going to get to, but what are the activities you're going to get you there? And it's, mm. you know, it's following up on the leads. It's, it's, it's making those calls. It's doing those activities that are going to move the needle for you and don't get caught up or distracted with the, 
you know, all the other things. I think the other, it's scheduling it in. And I think that's probably my biggest thing is making it a routine. I think this year, just to be completely honest, has been tough. A routine has been disrupted and then almost, it almost got boring in terms of, cause I'm, you know, I came into the office today, but I was living and we were in lockdown until about a week ago. And so I've been in my basement for the last year, right. And, you know, not seeing the sunshine. And so routine can get boring. And so, but that's the activities that you focus on and schedule those in. So you don't get distracted from them. That's been what I see for my sales team, for myself. That's probably the best thing that you could do. Yeah. I mean, I get excited when someone says leading indicators or KPIs. So (laughs) that's uh, definitely speaking my language. Can you identify what a leading indicator would be for you? I mean, you can be as specific because obviously you're attempting to acquire brokerages or agents. And even though those are pretty much the listeners that are out there, you know, I'm sure that they can can take a KPI that you're focusing on and apply it to their own business. So for example, for me, it could be marketing qualified leads in the form of strategy sessions, right? And that could be related to appointments. Because a strategy session for me, you know, is is like a one-on-one Zoom call. And so for an, a broker out there or agent, that leading indicator could be appointments on the calendar, booked appointments, right? Whether, you know, you have a 50% show or an 80% show or a 20% show, I mean, it matters. But once you know what KPI you're focusing on, now you can try to increase the other incremental things around it, like the show rate to appointment, because you're now measuring it. And that's just so important. So, well, you know, what's like an example of a leading indicator that you focus on and, and that you plan and, and you measure? Yeah, absolutely. And I guess I manage it for different aspects of my team, but, you know, related to this industry, one thing that we did in, in when COVID hit is we shifted, we used to do a lot of presentations and that would be with through boards, associations, brokerages, and they were educationally based uh, presentations, but they were usually live. And we quickly pivoted to doing webinars and podcasts and educationally based webinars, I I would say would be the biggest thing with associations and with brokerages uh, across North America and, you know, getting the word out in terms of um, iGUIDE. And again, not in a pitchy or selling it, but we would teach about how to properly measure a home and understand what it is that you're measuring and what those measurements men. It's not the most right. terribly exciting conversation, but it's an important one to know and understand as a broker or how to get the most out of your virtual listing. You know, how do you, uh, I talk about, you know, stage share and show, you know, you get all your digital assets together, then you share it. You share it via social media. You share it by getting it on the search portals like Zillow, realtor.com, all these search portals, and then you show results from the analytics. So, I have a, you know, I did a lot of that initially, but now I have a guy on my team that's doing these presentations. And so it's getting, how many can you get in a month? Can we increase that? And that's going to lead to, you know, greater adoption and awareness on, on iGUIDE. And that's a small one, but that's just, I guess, one is an example. So it's a, a great example of a leading indicator. It's something you can control. And if you notice listeners out there, he didn't focus on revenue at the end. Right. And I know that a lot of my listeners are already aware of this to to not just focus on, hey, I want to go from 80 million to 100 million in, in annual gross transactions. Like, you know, how do I do that? Right. And just, oh, well, let's just, I don't know, let's blast out and let's do this. Let's do that. Let's, let's increase our, our revenue on TV or whatever. It's like, well, really, the leading indicator is phone calls. 
Yeah. Like if you just, if you increase the amount of outgoing phone calls and divide it by your team and, you know, you break that on a daily basis, it's not going to be that many more, but that leading indicator will set more appointments and then it will increase the revenue because you'll close more of those appointments to buyer broker agreements, listing agreements, et cetera. So focusing on the beginning of the funnel and things that you can control. And, and if it gets to the point where you're like, well, we've called through everyone. Well, now the other lever to pull is lead generation. So, okay, right. You're still focusing on phone calls, but how do we increase opportunity volume, right? And have more opportunities to call or appointments to set. And so it's, it's a really key aspect of any type of business. And I'm glad that you brought that up. The leading indicators, the ones that drive the lag indicators, because it's super fun to talk about a commission check or the revenue you did last year, but what actually gets you there are those daily actions. And that's what this podcast is all about. That's great. Yeah. And yeah. evaluating it too, every once in a while, like, how is it going? Right. So we have daily, you know, again, with my sales team, I have daily calls with them and we go through their activities and, you know, it's a, it's both a combination of outbound and inbound. So it's important to make sure that you, you're managing those, uh, tracking those and then evaluating how well is it working? So what's yep. my close rate or what's your close rate on that? So you seem like you've read a personal development book or two. So uh, I'm curious what, you know, what are one to three books that have greatly influenced your life or career? Good question. I probably should have been prepared for this one. To be truthful, recently, I've been reading more books on personal health and awareness. I found just dealing again with lockdown, it's um, trying to get back into a good state. And I guess I'll share maybe a couple personal ones, uh, like ones I just read one on why we sleep, which was really good. I don't sleep very well and I need to sleep better. So I find that, you know, more sleep helps just cognitive ability and has been great. Another one that is more kind of spiritual on, on the side is Alan Watts. He has a lecture called, uh, does it do you or do you do it? And I've listened to this over and over mm. again, or read it over and over again, both over the last, I guess, you know, 20, 30 years. It's a, it's an amazing lecture, but I guess in terms of business, um, I read one just recently called It Simplifies Marketing, I think, for a lot of people and actually might be useful to someone who's kind of new to the world of sales and marketing. It, marketing Made Simple, that's what it's called. And it just, it's very clear. It keeps you focused. If you follow his plan, it's kind of a, he simplifies the process, I think, for anybody new getting into sales and marketing. If you want to understand how to kind of tie uh, or connect all the dots in what your marketing plan is and what you're trying to do. And I think that one would be useful. I, I, I guess it wouldn't say influenced by life, but I think it would be a useful one for your listeners. Yeah, I like that. And I love the Alan Watts reference. There's There are so many personal developers, uh, personal development coaches over the past or philosophers that have more recently become circulated in media. And I, I appreciate that they're kind of being uh, revived. Even Jim Rohn, I, I've heard yeah. a lot of his motivational little 10 minute segments or, and I love his style. Another one, of course, the, you know, our kind of like godfather of, of our generation, um, Tony Robbins, right? Yeah. Amazing. He has this pyramid and there's these different layers of the pyramid. And the, the bottom one is your physical body. Like your physical body sets the tone and the foundation for the rest of your productivity and success. So, you know, the fact that you've been reading a lot of books around that, around sleep, nutrition, things of that nature, uh, that makes total sense because you could have other pieces of the puzzle. You could even have the money. But yeah. if your physical body is spent and you're going to pass away tomorrow, 
well, what do you really have, right? And so I've been huge on that. I'm actually consider myself a bit of a biohacker. I've followed, you know, Tim Ferriss, Dave Asprey, and like so many of the guys that that do this stuff where, you know, I, I try and think about like, if my body is a Formula One race car and it's super high performance, best in world, at least that's what I want it to be in terms of what I can demand from it and the productivity I get out of it, well, it needs maintenance and it also needs the best fuel in the world in order to do that. And if you're putting in low octane fuel, the engine's going to explode, right? You may make it a couple laps, but literally it will blow up. So with that being said, I'm, I'm very, you know, bringing that back to nutrition and sleep and all these things. I've done it to where I've worked 100 hour weeks and slept five hours a night and, and lived on coffee. And then I've done it to where where I am today. I have a much more balanced schedule. And I, yeah. I actually produce and manage more today than when I was just grinding it out, you know, 10 years ago as a young kid trying to make it. So, <laughs> it can be done and focusing on that physical being first and really taking care of yourself nutritionally and with sleep and everything is so key. So, I'm really glad you brought that up. Yeah, I think it's important. I, I kind of fell out of it a bit here and and that's why I'm kind of refocusing. I find it a bit of a roller coaster ride sometimes and and that you know I'm I've been covid brought me into a little bit of a trough where because I'm working from home, I'm working mornings, I'm working days and I'm working nights. And so I just started to work as opposed to well I can't go to the gym so I'll just you know do an email and yeah get into I think. Yep, I, I totally understand. And I'm curious because when someone's looking at success on the outside, it's easy to compare and look at it like an overnight success because you don't know that person's story. So, how has a failure or an apparent failure set you up for, for future success? You know, do you, do you have like a favorite failure of yours? Yeah, absolutely. I think I have a few. <laughs> uh, and that's where you learn, right? Like small failures, big failures. Mine was in a negotiation when I was in the consumer packaged goods world and had to take a price increase. This was 09 or 07 when what had happened, FX, I guess just make a long story short, Canadian dollar dropped versus the US dollar. I bought goods in US dollar. I had to take a price increase to my customers and I handled it better with certain accounts than others. And my first one, I didn't go in with a plan. I just basically, you know, went in with a price increase without a plan to show them how to move through it and get that to the other end. And that was probably, thank God it wasn't my biggest customer. So I, I learned right there is that I need to have a plan to negotiate that. And so it's a little ambiguous, but it, it taught me that you don't deliver, just deliver bad news. You, if you can come in with an action plan to work together, a lot of your customers are going to work with you in many, any business that I've been in is if you're trying to negotiate something to get to, you know, from point A to point B, there's not one straight way path there. There's many ways to get to that, or there's not two solutions. There could be three or four. And so working through what the different opportunities are to get to that point, I think is, is key. And so I don't know if that was too ambiguous, but. Um, no, it uh, makes, it I, makes sense. And I think that I can kind of bring that home for our listeners as well, because from an outside perspective, what I see when it comes to arriving at a client with bad news, but having a plan for how they can get through it, get out of it or work with it is having the client's best interest in mind, yeah. which is the fiduciary responsibility that an agent has for their client in the real estate process, 
right? We have a fiduciary responsibility as real estate professionals to do what's best for our client, help them get through any situation. So whatever it is, if you're delivering that bad news, I think the key takeaway here is don't deliver that bad news and then just try to maybe change the subject, bring up another listing. It's like, okay, really think about them, their end, their perspective, and then how they can work with this news to get through it. Not not only understand it and let you off the hook, but also show them that you care by here are two, three options that I've come up with that could actually turn this into a positive, right? That could turn this into an opportunity. You know, I know this is bad news, da, 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 but I've done some work ahead of time to think about what we could do next, right? I think that just shows so much more willingness to go above and beyond for them. And that will really increase the relationship between you two. Sometimes in those moments is when the relationship is really solidified, in my experience. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think, you know, and that's one thing that I've seen that, you know, and not to bring it back to real estate, but to bring it back to real estate and in terms of the eye guide, you know, we're in a really a crazy market right now, and especially in my local market, but I think we're seeing this across North America. There's a lot of hot markets right now. There's not a lot of inventory and, and homes are moving very fast. And, you know, when it was the flip side of that, people were able to go in and, you know, people weren't necessarily always getting exactly what they wanted for their home and the price that they wanted for the home. But the ability to walk through and show them that this is what we've done. This is how many people look to your home. This is how many people uh, were interested in staying in your home. This is where it ties back to the analytics. You can deliver that message that feel good about the price for your home. You've got more than what uh, you know the, your neighbors got or what we had a lot of viewing and a lot of interest in this property. So it wasn't because of the lack of interest. Now on the flip side that we're seeing that these markets are hot, people are able to use these tools to go back in and really say, oh, okay, I understand more about this property. I, I'm seeing the value that you're bringing to the table. And now you're able to have these conversations with people up front that you know you may not get this property because it is a very nice property. Like homes are going being bully bitted or going way overpriced. And so let's take another good look at it. What are you willing to step up to in order to if you really want this property? And it, it's now that you're working together to come to that consensus or that decision. Yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate the ability to, you know, give the client data and then have more accuracy throughout the whole process, but then, you know, still have that caring relationship with them to be able to then like explain it, connect over it and just offer better service. So I I think it is a, once again, it's, it's a no brainer. And I am curious, you know, as far as investments go, it could be something small. It could be something big. It could be non-financial. But you know, what's one of the best investments that you've ever made? Investment property, probably. <laughs> I own a, I guess, an investment property that I've owned for probably thirty years. So even if it did drop in terms of it, it's probably one of the better investments that I've had. So real estate in general, I think I've tried to diversify as much as possible, I guess, in a sense. Asset allocation is it Ray Dalio who talks about that in terms of, you know, investing in different markets and different asset classes and different, yep. you know. Um, so I've tried to balance that out. But yeah, I think in terms of if I want to look at probably my individual home and, and my rental property, those have been great, great investments. So I love that. I'm glad you mentioned Ray Dalio and asset allocation. It seems like we have consumed a lot of similar training because I literally have written out from an audio that I listened to like a hundred times, 
the asset allocation in these three different buckets for my exact asset allocation. And yeah. when things grow or shrink or whatever, I can then every six months or a year reallocate to even that asset allocation back out. Because one of the biggest lessons from the recession was if you're all in on something and it drops, well, where do you go from there, right? And that's kind of Ray Dalio's mantra is like asset allocation. If you're never over leveraged, if you are true to your asset allocation, you'll never be in trouble. So that that always just stuck with me. And I was like, oh, wow, like that's something I need to really invest in and, and think about. So I appreciate you bringing that up. You know that very well. So I think I need to re-listen to it again. That's uh, well, very concise. <laughs> Thanks. I'm happy to share it with you, My at least my breakdown of you know the different buckets. And I showed it to my fiduciary and he said, I've never seen someone put together asset allocation in this visual way. He's like, can you email that to me so I can show it to my clients? <laughs> and this is a fiduciary for Northwestern Mutual. I was like, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I hope it helps someone. So yeah, I'll, I'll send that out to you for sure. Is there a question I should have asked or you know, anything you'd like to expand on from earlier? I think what's interesting for me in this industry is just, you know, not, not necessarily a question. I guess I, I wouldn't mind expanding on in terms of what yeah, we're seeing in the market. Because yeah, I think this is, it's exciting. It's exciting that we're seeing you know, what we're seeing in the residential real estate world, we're starting to see in, in other and more in the commercial real estate world and insurance and in you know, restoration contracting is that people want to still, there are tools out there. And in, in particular, our tools is empowering people with, with the spaces that they own or they manage. And we're continuing to see that grow and that shift. So when I came into this industry about four and a half years ago, People didn't quite get it outside of residential real estate. And even in residential real estate, there was a lot of agents that weren't, you know, necessarily doing it. We had a lot of top agents that were doing it because they said that, you know, this is part of my brand. I'm going to do, if it's a hundred thousand dollar home or a million dollar home, I'm doing the same marketing package for all my clients. I'm bringing all this value to my clients. And they get that. They got that message and, and they're the ones who taught me it and understanding it. Now we're starting to see this shift, especially with COVID is accelerating that, is that people are starting to understand, I can use this technology in so many different ways to repurpose space, to redesign space, to understand and virtually visit spaces so I don't have to leave my office, my home, make decisions. And you know, one interesting thing that we've seen here is the city is using our tech uh, now for expansions of properties that they're working on. Previously, they would have to have people come in and walk and, and, and do these, I guess, bid on the process. And part of the mandatory process was to walk through the space. What has expanded is now they're using our tech just to have people virtually walk through the space. And that's increased the amount of people that could bid on the jobs, people from Toronto and from uh, organizations and, and construction companies from further out are now bidding on these, these projects because they are such large projects. There's only a few companies that can and or will. And so it's made it more competitive. It's made their process a lot simpler and easier. And as you grow, we grow this adoption, we're just seeing how creative people can be when they're using these types of technology. I'm talking about our technology specifically, but because I'm in this space and where I've talked to a lot of other technology companies, it's just interesting to see how creative people can get with technology and repurposing it for other uses. And so it's a fun time to kind of be, you know, in a non-fun time, it's a fun time to see how people are really embracing technology 
from Zoom calls and to engaging with customers in all sorts of industries and fashions and forms. So uh, I think it's just, uh, it's a fun time for that. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the connection between technology and creativity. That's yeah. something that that definitely resonates with me because I just kind of grew up with technology, but I'm also highly creative. You know, I have a background in music. Actually, the jingle for this podcast I wrote and produced myself. Oh, that's great. Um, so, so uh, yeah, I always as look at things in that way. It's you learn the tool and then you apply your mind to how many different applications or how creative can I get in order to have this tool serve me, serve my customer, reduce cost, increase sales, whatever the, you know, the tool does. It's like, how creative can we get in order to then now use this tool? So that's awesome. Thanks for, for wrapping up with that. How can listeners contact you? Well, they can go to goiguide.com, probably the best place and just sure. reach out to us directly there. Uh, if they want to reach out to me, Michael Vervena, they can just ask to connect with me and uh, my team will put them in touch with me. Or if you want to know more about the technology, yeah, goiguide.com. Awesome. Michael Vervena, thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, the iGuide technology seems like a no-brainer. So, you know, listeners, go check it out. See if it's a good fit for you. And uh, we will be back in another couple of days with another episode of Lockbox. Thanks again, Michael. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. If you want to accomplish your real estate goals, then I highly suggest downloading my free Ultimate Real Estate Goal Setting Framework. The link is in the description of the show and it will help you break down your annual income goal into the amount of phone calls, appointments, or open houses you need in order to achieve that goal. Thank you so much and we'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.